0: The Smart Influencer Podcast brings you inspiring interviews and provides you with actionable tips and strategies, helping you work smarter and scale faster. I'm Christina. And I'm Corinne. And we're your hosts. Before we get to today's episode, we have a freebie we think you're going to love. Are you tired of trying to remember how to do certain tasks in your business? You know, like those tasks we only do every once in a while? Or do you dread spending hours training new team members? what if I told you there is an easier way to bring and keep everyone up to speed? They're called SOPs or standard operating procedures. I know this sounds technical, but I promise you creating SOPs for your business will revolutionize your operations and workflows. And it doesn't matter if you're a one woman show or you have a team of 20 SOPs will help your business. If you're ready to get started creating SOPs, grab the smart influencer SOP guide for bloggers we created this free guide to help you create and implement your own SOPs to organize your business and maximize growth. Go to the smartinfluencer.com forward SOP to grab your free guide today or click on the link in the episode notes.
1: Today we are talking all about the different types of SOPs. We had talked before about what they are and how important they are, why they're important to small business owners and to bloggers in particular. But today we want to dive in a little bit deeper and talk more about the different types that there are and how you would decide which ones you're going to use in which Uh, which parts of your business.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't listened to our previous episode on why SOPs are important and what they are, go listen to that one first, because I think that that will provide you with a little bit of clarity about where we're going in today's episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, hop over and check that out. It's a short listen.
1: Okay. So let's dive in. In a broad way of looking at SOPs, you basically have two categories. So you've got the management type of uh, SOPs, and then you have technical ones, which are going to talk about the very specific tasks that occur in your business. Management, obviously talking about the broad administrative tasks in your business. So most SOPs that we're going to talk about are going to fall into one of those two categories. And I would say the bulk of your SOPs
0: are going to fall into the technical category. Yeah, I agree with that. So let's get management maybe out of the way first. Um, And I know this sounds kind of crazy, but maybe one of your first SOPs should be how to create and update your SOPs. (laughs) I know it sounds weird, but we might forget these things and what actually goes into it. So it's important, I think, to remember and to teach yourself and show yourself again and again how you're doing this process and how you're updating them later on.
1: And again, for the purpose of there being consistency. So you want, you know, you don't want one SOP to have a certain format and then somebody else that's being trained in a new area of business having a completely different way to learn the process by which you run things. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's actually a great idea to have an SOP for your SOPs. Like, what am I going to look for? And in what order am I going to present information?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So talking about management SOPs, maybe another one might be on, um, you know, goal setting or determining what projects you're going to work on. So that's not really a technical step. It's more managerial in, you know, like having some sort of, I like to use what I call like my decision tree if I'm going to work on something. Like an idea pops into my head and then I look at, should I be doing this? We talked about this also in a previous episode on evaluating necessary tasks. So going through those checkpoints might be another SOP that I create.
1: Well, and I'm glad that you said decision tree, because most of the things that I categorize mentally as managerial tasks are those things where I'm making kind of the overarching strategy decisions for the business. And I do have a procedure and I have to kind of talk myself through that each time. Like I do the big brain dump and then I organize, you know, because we've done this together, like on a, you know, on a wall, typically with colored pieces of paper, you know, to really map it out or with a big dry erase board. But there is a process I go through to kind of map these bigger ideas. And they're not necessarily, I don't define these as technical because these are just kind of vetting out the general overall strategy of the business. And I'm about the only one that does them every once in a while I bring in my business manager to assist.
0: Right. Yeah. Probably another one I would put in the managerial side would be like budgeting too. Like when I do my budgets at the end of the year, beginning of the next year, um, that's something I think is more managerial than technical. I mean, while there is a technical process to it, I mean, anything that involves money makes me kind of, and finances makes me kind of twitch, but Knowing what that process is year to year because it's not something I do every day, it really helps me uh, figure it out as we're going along
1: well, and I think you said something distinctive there and I and I come back to the decision tree like with budgeting anytime you've got to make decisions right like you're going to be making decisions that affect the business, I think ten more to fall towards managerial because the like Balancing the books each month, that's a technical task to me. Like that's all, like, like that, if I if I wanted somebody else to see my financials, I could hand off to someone else. Actually, I guess technically I have because I have a bookkeeper. But that is something that can be handed off to someone else, and it's a, a task that needs to be completed. Whereas if there's actual decisions that need to be made, like we're going to dump this tool or we're going to sign up for this service, um, those things, I think, tend to fall more in the management category.
0: Yes, yeah, so I think if you look at it as, is it a process, like something that you're going through, like a technical process, or is it something that that you're thinking through and you have a thought process for, or that type of process might be how I how I categorize it? Or would it be something that I would pass off to somebody else at a a later time? That might be another way I'd look at it. So it all depends on how you want to categorize this for your business, I guess, as it all boils down to. I mean, you don't have to categorize them the way we're telling you to. We're just giving you some ideas of what we would consider managerial SOPs.
1: So I'm going to pause you there because we, I mean, we've talked about, like, we did talk about the categories, and we're, today we're talking about the different types of SOPs, and we were going to, I think, get to this a little bit later, but I think it fits here in terms of people trying to picture the SOPs and how to how to develop them and what we're talking about when it comes to actual types of SOPs. There are different types, so you have like, and we've talked about this in the the previous. Uh, Episode on podcast, you've got checklists, right? Like you can have a step-by-step instruction. Then there's the hierarchical, which might be, that might be more of a managerial one where you've got like a top-down approach to, you know, discussing the business processes. And I would say that my management type uh s o p s fall more in the flow chart like that kind of decision tree where yeah. this happens and then and then I move on to this phase this decision making process and then I filter a little bit more and I move on to this phase so those are the am I missing any christina I think those are the three. Like primary types. So you've got step
0: by step, you've got hierarchical, or you've got like a flow chart. And I think what, an important note to make here, too, before we dig any deeper into this, is we talk about SOPs and processes and tasks, and we're kind of using those words interchangeably. Um, when you look at that, process of it. The SOP is like it's like the book, right? And then the processes are the pages in the book. So you're an SOP for a specific task, say creating content would be the SOP. And then the processes, the individual processes might be keyword research, writing the content, creating the graphics, creating video, you know, you might have different sub processes,
1: I love a good analogy, so I'm going to piggyback on this one. And I would, I would actually, I describe it a little differently. The SOP is the book, and then the, or no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, the SOP is the book. The processes would be the chapters, and your tasks would yeah, be that's the different pages. Mm-hmm. Because we are going to, like, let's take one of your examples for you know. So let's say content creation is the is the book. You might have a chapter on keyword research. But then every step in your keyword research, every part of the, every task that takes place, that's going to be a different page in that chapter. Yep. So, yes, you're right. Like we're, we're kind of throwing these terms around and using them interchangeably. But there is a hierarchy to them.
0: Yeah. So I think that's important to keep in mind um, when you're thinking about SOPs, break them down into smaller chunks. And I think one of the ways I like to look at it is if I was going to hand off just a piece of it, I don't have to give out the whole thing. Right. So if I'm having somebody step in to help me with something, I might do keyword research and then somebody else might create the photos, you know, or write the content or share it on social. And when going into social, you might have Facebook separate from Instagram, which is separate from Pinterest. You know, you, you really need to think about that and break it down so that if you were just to pass off just a piece of it, you could do that without sharing the whole thing. Hey smart influencers, promoting your content to your followers is one of the most important things you do as an influencer. While social media is great, Corinne and I strongly believe that email marketing is the best way to stay in touch with your community. After all, it's the one medium that isn't controlled by a third party algorithm. When it comes to email service providers, I love MailerLite. It has a tiered pricing schedule that's great for smaller businesses and it's quite affordable. MailerLite also has all of the features you'd expect. Automated workflows, targeted campaigns, and it even integrates with major e-commerce platforms. In fact, it's the service that we use for the Smart Influencer. Want to learn more? Go to thesmartinfluencer.com forward slash MailerLite or click on the link in the episode notes. Let's circle back to those um, different formats that we talked about and kind of go through some of those. I mean, some of them are just I mean they are what they are. We talked about checklists, the difference between checklists and step-by-step um, instructions. So I mean that's that's pretty straightforward. Um, how would you how would you use a flowchart in your business? You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast?
1: So for me, again, this is like a lot of how I do my goal setting or like even plotting out my editorial calendar. Or, as you know, a lot of times when we've got multiple projects going on, trying to triage, like I'm always in triage mode, right? Like what can I get rid of and what What's what, what fire fires do I need to put now. Exactly. <laughs> What fire do I need to put out? And it always starts like for me, like that first step in the flow chart is the brain dump, right? Like I just got to get it all out of my head because that's where I start to stir. I feel like I, you know, the plates are spinning. And I'm going to drop one because I don't even have my eye on all of them. So brain dump is always like first part of that flow chart for me. Mm-hmm. And then. And it's even how I kind of picture things. I see myself floating yeah. along, right? Um, and then the next step typically is to go through and, you know, because I like colors, you know, it's using my, you know, highlighters to, like, categorize things. That way I can split it out because then, like, p- colors will pop at me. Like, and this is just my process. Every, You know, everybody has a different way. But, like, the colors will pop at me. And depending on what I'm working on, you know, because, like, yeah, you know, I'm balancing family, so a lot of times my family stuff gets in there, my personal stuff. I can see if I'm out of balance. Sometimes, sometimes the colors help me do that. Like I've got way too much on my work to do list, and the family is a very little pit, little bit, and then I know that I'm I'm out of balance with my family. Other times, it's I'm trying to figure out content that I need to update, and you'll see. You know which things you have a lot more of. Mm-hmm. What you need to start on earlier, but that's always like second step for me is that filtration process. Yeah. Um, and then after that, typically, depending on what it is, it's either mapping or it's or it's delegating, depending on what I'm working on. Right. So if it's like an editorial calendar, that might be actually getting it onto the calendar. If it's something like right, you know, actually creating the post or updating posts a lot of times then I'm delegating that out. But that's like my flow chart for most things that I do. And I view it as a as a flow, because um, it's not necessarily a checklist that I'm following. Uh, it's just kind of a big, bigger strategy. If I was more detail oriented, there would probably be some more defined steps in there. <laughs> but I'm me and not my business
0: manager. So <laughs> I tend to use the flow chart approach more on the SOP level than on the process level. Sometimes it makes it to the process level, but for me, it would be like, let's go back to that content creation example. I would actually, I I like the visual representation. I do like colors. And I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, I always go with like the traffic light, red, yellow, green, but I look at it as, okay, so first we're going to do keyword research. Then we're going to do recipe development. Then after the recipes development, developed, now we can go in three different directions at once, right? Because you could create the content, you can create the photos, you can do the videos all at the same time because you're not waiting on the content to do the video and vice versa. You know, so you can... I can visually see that with things going in different directions. And then when those three things are done, then we move into, you know, then there's different things. So I like to use the flow chart version to map that stuff out and help me see how it works. And then I can take those little subsections and create the processes and even, um, set them to where I can assign them to team members, or like if it, if a VA is helping me with something, or an intern is helping me with something, where they come into the process. So that's kind of how I use it in my end. It's more, I find mine are more on the SOP end than on the process end. It's funny
1: you say that, because now that I, like, when I map out that, for example, content creation, I think it's from years and years of being an English major, mine's always outline form, which I guess is in a different way is a sort of Flow chart, but I don't visually it's not how I picture it I do outline I do the broad outline but you know that where we did use this together same flowchart process that just occurred to me so sample for everyone in the audience was mapping out our email sequences yes oh
0: remember that we had a wall in a hotel room covered in post-it notes <laughs>
1: Post-it notes everywhere, right? Yeah, I know. So like, because it was all the decisions. Yes, no. If this, then that. Did they take the tripwire or no? Well, then they get the second chance offer or they go into this sequence. Like that, I don't know how we would
0: have mapped that without a flow chart. And see, and I'm graphical. I need to see it drawn out like that so I can actually follow the map of where I'm going. But I have found also, and I'm going to I know we'll get into this later on, maybe in another episode, but I do always give that flow chart, I include it as part of the process description um, when I share my SOPs because I find it helpful for, you know, my team members to see how their piece fits into the whole process and so that they know that they may be waiting on something from somebody or, Somebody's waiting on something from them and how it fits into that whole process, I think, is very Do you have
1: a tool that you use for building your flow charts?
0: Canva. <laughs> yeah.
1: I should have known. You build everything in Canva.
0: I know there are ones you can even do flow charts in Airtable. Um, you can set them up to create flow charts. So, if that's your jam, you could totally do that. Um, I've just always done them in Canva. I probably need to move them and I think I might create an air table for that. I think that might be helpful. I was
1: going to say, I might go play with that. I yeah. don't enjoy graphics. So like the couple times that I did po- flow charts back when I was using PowerPoint, like mm-hmm. I, and I feel like Canva, I, I, like I love Canva too, but you know, I outsource most of my graphics because I just don't naturally, I don't like to be in it. So I think if I could just type things and would automatically put it in a pretty flowchart for me, that would be my – like I could type my outline and it would turn it into a pretty flowchart. I like that.
0: Okay. So sometimes I even include just like a drawn – sometimes I'll snap a photo of something I've drawn and upload that into an attachment in Airtable because I don't have time to sit and monkey around with Canva to make it look pretty. And I'll guarantee you every single time, 100% of the time, it is not centered (laughs) – it is not even, nothing matches. So I would not feel comfortable putting something like that out into the world for everybody else to see. I'm more apt to share my rough drawing than anything else. But just to give that that flow of how information and tasks and projects flow, I think is helpful.
1: All right. So we've talked about the different types. Oh, we didn't dive into technical. Do we want to talk more about Like different technical recipes. We kind of of circled all around here. We circled all around it and then left out. And we're like, oh, yes, most of your recipes will be technical. We just aren't going to talk about those.
0: (laughs) Well, I think technical kind of explains itself, right? So that's the technical stuff that we're doing. The day-to-day that has a process, a step-by-step format for how we're doing things. So most of what we're doing as influencers falls under technical like to do keyword research you need to log into key search you need to find your word you need you know like click here click there do this do that look for this right
1: scheduling social media like that's its own process creating your social media images is its own process That might be part of your, like for us, I know we have our VAs do all the images at once. So they resize them for the post, name them, and, you know, also do the social media images. But everybody's a little different in how they handle that. But that's your own process. Um, What else? There's so many processes.
0: Writing and scheduling emails is another process. My favorite one is um, calling your email list (laughs) because that's when I always forget how to do it. (laughs) Like, I always like, what are the actual steps I need to do? Like, I know I need to do it. I know what I'm doing. Just like, what are the steps? Yeah. And also because I've probably switched email providers too many times that I'm always thinking of a little bit from this process, a little bit from that process in my brain, it's not caught up with the way it should be.
1: Or even we just did this, like the, you know, I'm a big fan of Brandon Gailey's content decay, you know, strategy. But like going in and finding that content and like prioritizing them each time I do it, like I feel myself stuttering over it like that. I need an SOP. I actually haven't created one. I need an SOP for that. So because I only do it quarterly.
0: So I'm going to circle back a little bit even to the previous episode we did on why SOPs are important. I think when you start getting into this process, right, of thinking about the SOP and then the individual processes under there, you start to see ways that you can streamline your own workflow. And Corinne, you mentioned this earlier with creating images. So, okay, we have images created for a blog post, but then there's social media images, whether they're Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever. We've found that it's much more efficient for our team to do all the images at one time, right? Because when they're in there in the templates, it's just a matter of dragging and dropping and resizing and putting some text. It's with the templates, it makes it so super simple that if we had, if we had that process happening at three separate steps, it would be so much more inefficient, right? It would take each person five minutes to do it where instead it's taking one person five minutes to do it.
1: Right. Or even things like, you know, I just put my social media girl, she's doing slideshow videos for, any of my posts that don't have videos in them already. Uh, So she's been creating these horizontal videos. I'm like, you know, it's going to be like another five minutes for her to create a vertical video at the same time. Like, why don't I have her doing that? So even if I don't have a strategy for them right now, I've got them. Uh, And they're uploaded to the same folder. You know, it's easy when you're working in Canva because she uploads all the images from the posts. So they're all right there to easily drag into either template. Uh, It just makes a lot more sense.
0: I I kind of equate this to like, if you want to look at an analogy, it's kind of like making lasagna, right? If I'm going to make one lasagna, it's just as easy for me to make three and throw two in the freezer, right? Mm -hmm. So if I've already got everything out and dirty and I'm working through it, it's going to take me maybe an extra two minutes in each step to do it, to do two more lasagnas than it does to do it each one individually every time I want lasagna. So that's kind of, I I love food. So that's going back to the cooking world. So there you have it. I mean, those are the different types of SOPs in a nutshell. I mean, you have the managerial, you have the technical, then you have all the different formats that we talked about, right? The hierarchical, the flowchart, checklist, step-by-step. So once you figure out and start mapping it out, whether you do that graphically like we talked about, or you make a um, outline format, or you just write it all down on Post-it notes and arrange it on a wall, Coming up with what needs to be in there, I think is going to be key. And you'll start to see those efficiencies kind of show themselves. And I think that's the magic of it.
1: That is the magic of it.
0: So get out there and start creating your SOPs. And if you need help doing it, um, be sure to grab our freebie, our SOP guide for bloggers. Just go to the smartinfluencer.com forward slash SOP. We'll put links in the show notes. But grab that freebie because it'll give you a jumping off point for where to start. So thanks for listening today and we'll see you next time.
1: What if we told you there's a quick and easy way to drive more traffic to your site that is completely free? Every day we talk with bloggers who aren't using this method or haven't even heard of it. We're talking about submission sites and we use them to drive thousands of page views to our different sites and the process takes just a few minutes. If you haven't used submission sites before and are wondering where to start, check out Blog Traffic Hidden Gems. This guide will walk you through everything you need to know, from what they are and how they work, to best practices for submitting your post and insider tips to save time. Also included is a list of submission sites and an Airtable tracking system, so you can start submitting your content and driving traffic to your site right away. Want to learn more? Go to thesmartinfluencer.com forward slash submission or click on the link in the episode notes.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at The Smart Influencer. You can support The Smart Influencer podcast by leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps us bring great guests onto the show and allows others to discover our content. And of course, we encourage you to share The Smart Influencer podcast with your friends and colleagues who are looking to work smarter, not harder. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the links to everything we talked about today. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Now go make today great.